At the midpoint of the path through life, I found myself lost in a wood so dark the way ahead was blotted out. The keening sound I still make shows how hard it is to say how harsh and bitter that place felt to me. Merely to think of it renews the fear, so bad that death by only a degree could possibly be worse. As you shall hear, it led to good things, too, eventually. But there and then I saw no sign of those, and can't say even now how I had come to be there, stunned and following my nose away from the straight path. And then, still numb from pressure on the heart, still in a daze, I stumbled on the threshold of a hill where trees no longer grew. Lifting my gaze, I saw its shoulders edged with overspill from our sure guide the sun, whose soothing rays at least a little melted what that night of dread had done to harden my heart's lake. And like someone who crawls, half dead with fright, out of the sea and breathes, and turns to take a long look at the water, so my soul, still thinking of escape from the dark wood I had escaped, looked back to see it whole. The force field no one ever has withstood and stayed alive. I rested for a while, and then resumed along the empty slope my journey, in the standard crofter's style, weight on the lower foot, Harder to cope when things got steeper, and a mountain cat, with party-colored pelt, light on its feet, in a trice was in my face and stayed like that, barring my way, encouraging retreat. Three beasts, was this the leopard lechery, were said to block the penitential climb for sinners and for all society, and here was one sticking to me like lime. Not only did it hamper me, it made me think of turning back. Now was the time morning begins. The sun, fully displayed at last, began its climb, but not alone. The stars composing Aries, sign of spring, were with it now, nor left it on its own when the first love made every lovely thing the world can boast. A thought to give me heart, that I might counter in this gentle hour of a sweet season the obstructive art, pretty to see but frightful in its power, of that cat with the colored coat. But wait. If fear had waned, still there was fear enough to bring on pride, the lion in full spate, head high, hot breath to make the air look rough, as rocks in summer seemed to agitate the atmosphere above them without cease, so rabid was its hunger. On its heels the wolf appeared, whose name is Avarice, made thin by a cupidity that steals insatiably out of its own increase, obtained from many people it made poor. This one propelled such terror from its face into my mind. All thoughts I had before of ever rising to a state of grace were crushed. And so, as one who, mad for gain, must find one day that all he gains is lost in a flood of tears, a conscience racked with pain— just so I felt my hopes came at the cost of being forced by this unresting beast, little by little down towards that wood, whose gloom the sun can never in the least irradiate. But all at once there stood before me one who somehow seemed struck dumb by the weight of a long silence. Pity me, and try to tell me in what form you come, I cried. Is it a shade or man I see? And he replied, No, 
Not a man, not now. I was once, though, a Lombard. Parents born in Mantua, both born there. That was how his words emerged, as if with slow care torn, like pages of a book soaked shut by time from his clogged throat. Caesar was getting on when I was young. That's Julius, a crime, his death. Then, after he was gone, I lived in Rome. The good Augustus reigned. The gods were cheats and liars. As for me, I was a poet.